You're listening to highlights from the Creative Process interview with Tracy Mitchell and Alan O'Reilly. To listen to the full interview or hear more about the Creative Process projects, please visit www.creativeprocess.info. So, Tracy Mitchell, uh, Alan O'Reilly, welcome to the Creative Process. Thank you. Uh, so, uh, you're at uh, Bay Street Theatre. Could you just uh, tell us ab- about the theatre? You're also involved with educational initiatives or some of your current projects, if you just describe. Sure. Um, well, Bay Street Theatre is a professional regional theatre located on the eastern end of Long Island in Sag Harbor, New York. And we were founded 27 years ago by Emma Walton Hamilton and her husband Steve Hamilton and artistic director Sybil Christopher. And many of your viewers might know that um, Emma is the daughter of Julie Andrews, who was originally on our board at that time. And Sybil Christopher was the original Mrs. Richard Burton. And um, so they, we had a quite great- Quite a lineage. Yes, we had quite the, um, we were at the heart of sort of American theater um, glamour, if you will, at that time, and real, um, real American theater royalty. Right. And we've continued that with um, the hiring of our new artistic director, who's been here for about five years now, and that's Scott Schwartz. And Scott is an amazing uh, director, artistic director, dramaturge, and um, the theater has been thriving since I was able to hire him about five years ago. Um, and I've been here about 11 years, and Alan joined us just this past Two month. weeks. Mm-hmm. But passionate about uh, the opportunities mm-hmm. that are here already yeah. and the possibility of expansion. Lit Live, which is happening right now, is a, an amazing program. Um, the students in New York State study American classics, so it's the 10th anniversary of Lit Live, and they've done productions like Death of a Salesman. That's short for Literature Live. Yeah, literature, yes. literature Live. Um, of Mice and Men, Death of a Salesman, um, various versions of uh, The Diary of Anne Frank. Mm-hmm. Um Things like that, and of course this year it's The Great Gatsby, which is a very topical and a rich story of Long Island. And the students, for the most part, have read the novel. Mm-hmm. They've seen perhaps one or two of the movie versions of it, mm-hmm. but this is a very unique opportunity to take uh, Simon Levy, who has adapted mm-hmm. uh, the story, the novel, to a 90-minute production. about your um, you know casting commissioning uh, mm. process you know how you choose whether it's for the great Gatsby or whatever you know how do you choose those things how, how does that come together yeah so there's many different ways um, and we, actors too yeah. the people you work yeah. with and, yeah yeah um, first I'll start with the writers and the scripts yeah um, as a professional regional theater, we get a number of scripts from agents. Mm-hmm. It's just the nature of, you know, that's one major way that we get our scripts. But we also have 
people that come to us directly from our own circles, our locally, um, someone that comes and says, you know, I really need dramaturgical help with this piece. I know it's not ready. What what could you do to help me with this? Um, I, just this week, I went in to see a, a new musical that's a, just a workshop phase mm -hmm. um, of a patron who knew someone who had a beautiful script. Mm -hmm. So it comes to us in so many different ways. And you um, look for three acts, one acts, you know, when you're trying. Mm. Yeah. Um, we don't have any set mm -hmm. um, parameters that way. We have to, because we only have a three or four um, show summer main stage season, mm -hmm. we try and gather a sort of a broad breadth mm -hmm. of work, you know, a types of work within mm -hmm. those three or four. Um, so we wouldn't necessarily do, you know, three comedies or mm -hmm. three dramatic, you know, uh, serious things. We have to sort of look, take a big picture look at it, but we do look at it a little bit thematically mm -hmm. so that there, that, so that the season does have an arc to it. Mm -hmm. um, and the, the key piece, as Scott likes to say, is that we want work, no matter what type of work it is, we want people yeah. Not the kind of thing where you just come in and have a good laugh and you clap and you leave. Yeah. Mm -hmm. We want people thinking and talking and having mm -hmm. it be, you know, maybe it's just a different take on something that's a bit more provocative mm -hmm. or it is a serious piece which, um, you know, has, creates dialogue. Yeah. Sure, that's the lovely thing about theater is yes. that it provokes, it's participatory in some yeah. way. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And with this is my own personal bias. It feels to me that in the in today's world we sort of have more and more isolation. Mm -hmm. You know, I look at it with my own daughter. If you don't take her off the computer, if you don't take her off her iPad, you don't take her off her phone. I mean, she'll she'll have playdates, and there'll be three kids, and they're all doing they're all sitting there separately, right? Yeah. So this is a medium by which you know the audience is a part yeah. of the play. Yeah, yeah, they are. They're there, and it only happens in that moment, yeah. right? You know, it just in that moment, and the next night can be completely different. Mm -hmm. And I always get a thrill out of when people sit and stay after in the lobby, and I see them talking, yeah. and I overhear them. Yeah, you know, it's that's really fun. Yeah. And I'll even get people for plays that have a bit more, uh, let's just say, they're unclear about the tr the. Who the final villain is, or the yeah. you know the the um, antagonist. Sure. You yeah. know, I'll hear them, and sometimes they'll even call me and and talk to me and say, "Trace, now did he really ah, do that?" And I'm like, I, "What do you think?" Yeah. You know, yeah. because that's theater. That yeah. yeah. So I think we need more too. ways to connect uh, in a live. know even if schools can't afford let's face it theater is just like film is one of the most collaborative art forms mm -hmm. it does not exist in in isolation mm -hmm. it yes. cannot be created without the entire group mm -hmm. so to me even if a school can't afford to really 
do that, mm -hmm. we should at least still be taking some of those elements mm -hmm. um, and trying to spark that yeah. that passion, even if it's sending in one actor or sending in a costume designer or sending in a scenic person or sending in a, a sound person. You know, I, I was just thinking last week, we had a composer who actually composed, you, if you see the show, composed all this 1920s music. It sounds amazing. It sounds, I actually at the beginning didn't realize we were composing new yeah. music yeah. for the 20s. So, and I, he came out and he was sitting up in his, um, in the rehearsal room and he was composing new pieces based on what he'd seen. And I was, I was so yeah. fascinated by like, what made you decide that that moment didn't work and what right. and I think yeah. if people saw mm. it, you know had access to right, even just right. pieces of it mm -hmm. that we could spark something yes. in, and and quite frankly if you're not exposed to these things when you're younger you almost never they've already yeah yeah, yeah they've proven over and over yeah. again uh, just the way I wasn't exposed to um, to museums as yeah. a youngster. Now, because I'm in the arts, I try, I want to learn, mm -hmm. but when I go into the museums, I'm, I'm the first to confess I'm pretty lost. You know, mm -hmm. I, don't, I don't have a background in that, I didn't learn mm -hmm. about it, so, you know, I can take it in small pieces yeah. and try and learn. Um, but know, yeah, it's, it's not the way it becomes a second nature. Exactly, yeah. exactly. So for you, both of you, what were the, those initial works of art or performance that they just say, told you you wanted to work in theater or just that really spoke to you? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had a couple. Speaking of puppetry, really, when I was a child, I, I was totally fascinated by the world of marionettes. Mm -hmm. they, they sort of both thrilled me and terrified me at the same time. Mm -hmm. um, that world and how they were manipulated and how you forgot that those those puppets were manipulated. I was, my, my mother, God rest her soul, was, was so good about exposing me to, I grew up in Philadelphia, which is a wonderful place for museums and arts and theater. Uh, and I was exposed to all of it. And I remember very distinctly going to the Valley Forge Music Fair and having the guy playing Billy Bigelow in uh, Carousel coming down front and looking at me that just sort of blew me away that that, that could happen. Um, and then as an actor, my I was always, very shortly, I was a, an athlete most of my life, but then um, I was uh, in a production uh, of One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest, I mentioned this in my yeah. interviews, and um, somebody said to me uh, from the audience, I was playing one of the residents in a mental institution, and someone said, he must be going for the Academy Award because I was so into my characterization of a mental patient, if you will, that that just sort of resonated with me, that I didn't know how far to go, and someone was responding to my work. Mm -hmm. So that inspired me. So little things along the way, uh, and then, you know, I still get inspired every time I'm on stage or see something that moves me, that keeps me going. I'm not a young man anymore, and so I love the constant inspiration and spark that I get from watching live theater or doing live theater. Mm -hmm.
Thank you so much, Tracy okay. and Alan, for adding your voice to the creative process and for all that you're doing to um, enrich the, um, the lively artistic community here in Sag Harbor and the Hamptons. Thank you. Thank you so much. Want to get involved with exhibitions or interviews? Email us at team at creativeprocess.info. Thank you for listening.